Sarayim Tov, we continue in the Sefer Sha'arim Bitvila. We're on the eighth expression of prayer. The eighth expression of prayer is called Nipul. Okay, Nun Yud Pei Vav Lamed. As the Pasuk says, Ve'esnapel Lifnei Hashem. And I fell before Hashem. Nafal means to fall. So, Nipul is uh, similar to, for example, when Esther pleaded before the king. It says she continued to speak to the king, She fell before his feet and she cried and she supplicated to take away the evil decree for a moment. So, this is a unique form of request that incorporates two that we've already discussed, that expresses a a great humility until you mamash are falling and nullifying yourself before Hashem. One second. Which has two things to it. Number one, it's a unique form of prayer, okay, of falling. And also, there's a halacha, really, that incorporates all aspects of prayer that should be in this way, which means a humility and a nullification, which is the proper essence of what prayer is. Yes? So when we learn this eight thing, how to pray? There are expressions of prayer. Right. How, how do we do it in in the modern life? Like how, do, how are we going to pray each time? I'm not exactly sure what you're asking. You have to realize. So we say that we have to fall. How we So we're going to explain it to you. We'll explain to you if we. I don't know if we're going to get to it today, but it's going to be clear how it fits into Allah. So the Tzaddik continues and says, if you want to learn what's the proper way of prayer, we can learn this from another range of halacha which is the halachas of matnas anim, giving tzedakah to the poor. And obviously, if Hashem gave us a Torah to keep, He also has to keep the Torah, so to speak. And just like, uh, and it makes sense, Hashem will answer our prayers according to the halacha for anybody who has to answer the requests of a poor man for charity. So he quotes the Rambam in the laws of Matanasanim, gifts to the poor, in chapter 7. He says the mitzvah of tzedakah is to give to the poor man what he is lacking. For example, if he has no clothing, you give him clothing. If he doesn't have a certain utensil in the house, you buy it for him. If he doesn't have a wife, you try to find him a wife. If she's a woman, you try to find her a husband. And if, let's say, this person, before he became poor, was a wealthy guy and he was accustomed to riding on a horse and having a servant running before him, and now he's lost all that money, you should buy him a horse and find a servant to run in front of him. Because the Torah says, you give day machsoro, according to what he's lacking, asher yechsalo. We have to fill fill in what the person is lacking, but you're not obliged to make him rich. So let's say the guy was always used to a horse. 
He used to be rich. He was used to going on a horse. And now he doesn't have one. Well, if you've got, obviously, if you've got the money, uh, you know, not everybody's got unlimited money here. So you give them, so let's say, for example, the guy's used to driving a car. Now, uh, whatever, he lost, he had to sell his car. He doesn't have money, he doesn't have a car. We'd have to find him a way to have a car. Something like that. Now, there's all kinds of laws of priority in Sadaka, but it's the general law. Certainly, someone with unlimited cash should do this. But you don't have to make him wealthy. I'd like to be wealthy. I'm collecting to be wealthy. Wait a minute. Do you have, do you have a house? Yes. I want a bigger house. <laughs> what, what? Do you want to be a rich man? Good, good luck, but I, that's not Sadaka. Now, let's say a poor man is going door to door. And you know he's going door to door. You do not have to give him a large gift. You can give him a small bit, bit gift, but not to let him go empty-handed. But you could even give him like a, a, a fig, you know, but don't leave him empty-handed, so to speak. That's the halacha, okay? So now we can learn, we can apply these concepts of the laws of tzedakah to the laws of prayer. How is this? Well, when you're collecting money, what do you really want? You want the person to respond to you. And how is he gonna respond? By giving you money. <laughs> That's what you want. So when you're praying to Hashem, you wanna ask in a way in which the Torah says a person has to respond. So Hashem will have to respond similarly. Right, yeah? So now these emails that I might keep coming for... Okay, emails coming, that, that's not a poor person coming to your door. Okay? You know, yeah, it's easy to send emails to the whole world. They don't even know who they're sending it to. When you get these emails, they do not know they're sending to Shlomo Talk. They're sending to a thousand people. Okay, he's not talking to me. Now, if he knocks on your door, that's a different story. He's coming to you. You have to give him some. You do not have to respond to all those emails. If I just delete it without reading, it is. If you what? If I delete it without reading. That's fine. You did. The person is not. Co this is a modern way of collecting. And you're getting thousands of these. How can you respond to them? They're not coming to your door. So it's not like you turned him away. person comes to you as a human being. He says, I need. So I'm not giving you. So you're you're saying no to him. When a person sends out an email blast to a thousand people, he's not asking anyone in particular. Even if it says, Dear Shlomo, they got computers who can do it. He's not talking to you, he doesn't know, he doesn't know you at all. So you don't have to worry about that. But so let's take a look at the same way. So now a lot depends on what's in your heart and not just what you say. So remember, the Rambam says there's two conditions that are necessary to give what a person needs for tzedakah. Number one, the poor person needs. There's a lack. He needs, he doesn't have a shirt. Okay, there's a legitimate lack. And it's a mitzvah to fulfill what he's lacking that you don't have to make him rich. Okay, so the same thing in prayer. The first condition a person should present before Hashem with 
true understanding what is he lacking and what he needs. Okay. And sometimes, you know, it's very important. He could be asking for a sick person. Okay, the, this person is lacking health. He's looking, he doesn't have Parnassah. And, uh, you know, you can't live without Parnassah. That's one thing. So therefore, he's lacking. He doesn't have, person doesn't have food. Person's not healthy. Okay, that's, he's missing. But let's say the person, I want to have Hatzlacha, in learning, I want to do well in learning. I want to have do well in my year of Shemayim. For me, for my kids, or someone close to me. So now is that going to be something God has to answer? The, the, the answer to that is it depends on how powerful the prayer is. Is it paining you? Is it hurting you? And you feel like you're lacking, or are you going like a person looking to become rich and you want extra? Remember, we discussed in Bitsur and Shabbat this idea that you mamish feel I, I'm such in trouble. So this is the foundation of the prayer of Nipul, that you fall, so to speak, because of the understand how much you lack, but you fall before someone who can fill that lack. And there you see in Sefer Tehillim how often David HaMelech goes at length to describe his lowliness and his deficiencies and the emphasis how much he's truly a poor person and Hashem is obliged to fulfill what he's missing and there's a number of psukim. I am poor and I'm in pain. I am poor and I'm forlorn. And we explained once before in this Sefer, the Gemara and Tamura, sign about Yavetz. And Yavetz was the one who asked Hashem for many things, and Hashem answered him right away. It says in Divrei Yomim, right in the beginning, Vayikra, uh, uh, fourth chapter. It says, Vayikra, and Yavetz called to Hashem saying, if you will bless me and you will increase my boundaries, and your hand will be with me, and you will make a, a pasture for me without me being sad. And Hashem right away answered him. And the Gemara asked, what did he really say? If you bless me with Torah, you increase me with a lot of students, your hand's with me that I don't forget my learning. You give me a pasture, meaning you give me lots of friends like me to help me with my learning in Torah. And I shouldn't be sad that the Yetzirah shouldn't direct, uh, divert me from the path. If you do this good and if not, it's like I'm going to hell. So he really wanted it. So Hashem answered him. If it, mom is, it's, 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 your life is, is, is fraught with, I can't live with, I can't live without Torah. Well, then, then you really are poor. Shem has to help you. But if you say, well, I like my life and I got this, uh, I'd like to learn a little Torah. It's very nice. Can you help me find a good verse? Shem said, doesn't seem that, and if you don't have it, will you, will you be able to live? Yeah, but I'll, I'll do something else. No, no. As they say, it has to be, be taking up such an important part in your life. My life is not worth living. It's like, I, I don't want to come to the next world, you know, so to speak spiritually unclothed 
Because in the next world, if you don't do mitzvahs, you don't change your mitos, you're spiritually without any clothing. Very, very embarrassing. So that's condition number one that we said over here, is that you have to really feel that you are, this is lacking and you can't live without it. And that's that emotional and intellectual state of having fallen. I am fallen. This is something I need desperately. I don't want to be rich. I don't want to be rich in Torah. I just want to have Torah. I want to know how to learn. Because without learning, what's life worth? You could ask that. The second condition is the Rambam said, if a poor man's going from house to house, you don't have to give him a lot. Why? So let's say, for example, and the reason is because you know he's going to a lot of people, so you don't have to give him everything. He's going to go to a thousand people. So if everybody gives him $5, he has $5,000. And he has what he needs. But you know that's what he's doing. So let's apply this regarding prayer. Let's say you're in a terrible calamity. You need a certain amount of money quickly. Whatever it is, you had to renew your mortgage and now it's an extra $2,000 a month that you don't have. So what do you do? You go to this person for help, you go to this person for help, you go to that person for help, you go to a different bank for help, you go to someone to help you with, with lending free loans and you dive into Hashem. And you also go ask to get brachas from tzaddikim. You're going everywhere. Or let's say someone is sick. And you're making efforts. I'm going to this doctor. I'm going to that doctor. Another doctor. And I'm going to a tzaddik. To get a bracha. And I pray. See, what do you like? You're like the poor man going around to all the houses. So therefore, if you're looking for a lot of help, and he's looking to a certain person, the halacha is, you don't have to give him everything. Just give him a little bit. So Hashem does the same thing. You went to 10 doctors. You finally settled in on the doctor. You went to other people for help for the money that you need. All these things, right? You went to the same rest. And you're coming to me. So I see you're shopping around. You're going to go, So I'll give you a little bit. You know, I'll give you a little bit of divine help. I won't turn your way empty, but I'm not going to give you everything you're looking for. You're looking for a complete recovery? I'll give you a little recovery. Because you've gone to everybody else. Now, this is very important to understand what we're saying over. We don't want to uh, confuse you and misdirect you over here. Uh, let's just go a little bit further and explain this a little more. Like, it, it's, it's well known. When a poor person goes to a rich man and asks for a big donation... And the big and the rich man gives him a little bit. What were the thoughts of the rich man when he gave him a little bit? He'll figure, well, you know, he'll take care of it himself. He, he's not going to die from hunger. And if you ask a stingy guy who's really stingy, he didn't give him anything. What does he think? It says it's not that he doesn't care the guy will die from hunger. He says, why is this guy just all of a sudden coming to me? I don't even know the guy for anything. Let him go somewhere else. But if it's clear that the honey has no one to go to, and he'll die if you don't help him, then you're like a murderer to send him away with nothing. 
So does the Kaddish Baruch. When a guy falls before Hashem to have mercy on me because I have no one else to turn to. And if you don't help me, I will have no help at all. So immediately Hashem has mercy and will fill what is missing. And that's the prayer of a nawful, one who has fallen before Hashem. He's totally nullified about Hashem. He's saying, my whole hope is only from you and nobody else can help me. Like Esther fell before the king. He's the king. Nobody else can change the decree but him. And this was the prayer of Choni Hama'agel when he drew a circle in the ground and he said, Hashem, I swear by your name, I'm not leaving it here until you bring rain for your children. Because he said, you're the only one who can help. And David Amela said, Hashem, you are like a mother who nurses a little baby, who takes care of him all the time. When he cries in the middle of the night, it's not hard for you to get up and give what he needs because the cry is clear. Mommy, if you don't come, I'm going to die. <laughs> but what happens when the baby grows up and he's like eight, nine, ten years old already? I go, Mommy, I need a drink of water. Mommy says, go get one yourself. You're a big enough boy to get it yourself. Tomorrow says, I'm always the baby. You're always the nursing mother. And that's why Hashem, the Torah goes out of his way to say how Hashem listens to the cries of the orphan and the widow. Because when they cry, they cry only to Hashem. There's nowhere else to turn. They don't have a father. They don't have a husband. They don't have any social rank at all. And Hashem listens to them. And that's why if you look carefully in the Pasuk, it says, Im also, if you will double expression, if you will inflict pain, in a double expression, they will scream out to me. A double expression, I will hear their, their screams. Why is everything doubled? Usually when a person needs something, they only cry once. Right? If you cry out once to Hashem, and Hashem doesn't answer, you go somewhere else. But a widow and an orphan, they don't have any bills to go to. So they're going to scream out to Hashem more than once. And therefore Hashem has to listen. So if you make yourself as you're praying that I, I have nobody to help me like a widow, like a, 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 an orphan. David HaMelech says, ki, uh, he says this in Ludovic Hashem, ki ovi my father and mother left me. Hashem, yasven, Hashem picked me up. I have nowhere to turn to except for Hashem. And I'm not looking for other solutions. I'm just screaming out to Hashem and you're the only one who can help me. As David HaMelech says in chapter 143, Hashem, save me from my enemies. And to you, Elecha Kisasi, and Rashi says, I conceal from everybody what's happening. But I give it, I say it all to you. Not like Rashi says, not like a person who's in pain, he goes to everybody. And even the people tell us that they can't help him. Because he feels in so much pain, he's just screaming, who can help me? Can you help me? The devil says, no, 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 I conceal all my, my suffering. I just focus on one, and that is you.
that's the idea over here. And therefore, we have to understand exactly. So the question always comes back. So how much do I make no effort? Come back to the idea. What do you mean? So when, when do we say someone's shopping around? In other words, the real question is, when are you considered like the poor man who's going from door to door? And then Hashem should treat you like I'm one of many and I don't give you a lot. As opposed to, but I have to make some hishtadlus. I have to make some effort. Is it just going to come down from heaven? I don't go to anybody? So that needs some discussion. So he brings down an interesting thing. He says a lot of people make a mistake, a big mistake, because there's a statement of the Talmud and people misunderstand it. And the, and the statement that people accept as the truth, which is not, goes like following. Prayer accomplishes half of what needs to be done. There is such as, Tefillah oseh mechza. Tefillah is half the job. People say that. And it means that Hashem gives half, right? And uh, and the other half, you know, you get from other places. What? When we need something, so when you when you pray, Hashem will give you half. Your prayer will accomplish half. Yeah, and you find it from other places. He says this is a big mistake. Because you got to remember, Hashem gives you everything. Right? And if he figures he has somewhere to take it, then Hashem says, you got other places? Then I don't have to give you half. I just have to give you one little fig. Okay. And this idea of prayer helps for half. It's, well, you know, I guess in order to get my prayers answered, I still have to go through the punishment of making effort. As Michelle Sherm says, there is an idea of hishtadlus for parnasah, and that's how it is in everything. You have to make some effort, and therefore I make some effort, so I come up with half, and I go to Hashem, and he gives me half. That's not what the Michelle Sherm said, but this is the mistake. So what's the source for this whole statement? It's a medrash. And it's based on a sugya nida. Gemara says like this, What should a person do and become wise? Well, let him sit and learn and don't be so busy in business. Spend more time learning. Gemara says, Many did that, but it didn't help. But rather, they should ask for mercy from the one who wisdom comes from who. And they bring a pusset to support that wisdom comes from Hashem. Then the Gemara asks, So what's the insight? So why do I have to sit learning so much? Let me just ask for Hashem. It's, it says, because one without the other won't help. You got to sit and learn, and you got to dive into Hashem. What should a person be rich? He should do business faithfully and honestly. Of course, as many people did, it didn't help. Really, should ask for mercy from the one who has the money. And there's a puzzle to support that. Of course, why do you tell me that? Because one without the other won't help either. What should mercy do if you want to have male children? Or it says, sanctify yourself and you'll have male children. You know, be more moral. I people tried to help. Rather, Davant Hashem. So what do you have to Davant Hashem for? Why do you got to make any effort even more? Because one with the other doesn't help. So what does it seem is going on over here? It seems we pray together with either 
sitting a long time and learning, or we pray together being honest in business, or we pray and act with Kedusha when it comes to intimacy. And then you get what you want. So it seems that prayer does half. One without the afternoon both. That's what it seems. But, and over there it's not talking about things like making efforts in Parnosa that's like a, a, a penalty. But it's talking about big avodas of, of Kedusha, learning properly, being honest. So it doesn't seem that it's really a punishment. And they bring all kinds of proofs that it seemed, but it doesn't seem that tefillah does half and the rest comes from the half. Because they bring a Pusker's answer, Hashem gives wisdom. Hashem has the money. So what's that saying? Hashem's got it all. Really, Hashem's giving it all. So what's the insight of that? Is that Hashem gives it all to only those who do what's reasonable to get it. You want to be a scholar, Hashem doesn't give you the brains if you don't do anything. You could try to learn. You're not going to get anything from that. You could try, and then Hashem will give you everything. You could be honest in business. Doesn't mean you're going to get anything, but Hashem will give you anything. It all depends on Hashem. And that's the halacha. You have to ask for mercy. Everything comes from Hashem. And that's the tefillah of Nepal. That you fall before Hashem recognizes that I have no one to rely on. Not on myself, not on other, not for all, not for part, except that Hashem gives me everything. As we know, we're going to say in Ashrei Karova Hashem Lachol Karova Hashem is close to all who call to Lachol Asher Yikru Bemes. To all who call out to Hashem in truth, because the truth is, you need a Kadosh for everything. It's not Hashem plus anything else. It all depends on Hashem. And therefore, what's the proper way? You need you need parnas, you need things. So you gotta say like this Hashem, my prayer to you is that you're gonna give me everything. And I have to go through the normal behavior, but I don't think it gives me anything. I'm gonna I need another 2000 a month to pay the new mortgage. Hashem, you're the one and the only one that give me the whole 2000 I fall, I have no way of getting it. Now, I'm going to just make an effort from which you will give it to me. For the for your, you know, it's got to come. We don't, you know, you're not going to do miracles and just bring $2,000 manna from heaven. I want to be smart and Torah. Hashem, you're the only one to give it to me, but I got to sit in front of a Gemara. If I don't sit where I was, it going to come out of thin air? I need to have children. Hashem, you're the one who's going to give it to me, but I have to act in a way of holiness. But my, what I'm doing doesn't see, that's where the mistake comes from. Oh, you got to do both. One without the other doesn't help. What does that mean, one without the other? You're just trying to sit and learn doesn't mean you're going to get anything. Dealing honestly in business doesn't mean you're going to get anything. Acting with Kedusha when you're intimate isn't going to get you anything. Hashem's going to give you everything. But to be deserving of Hashem to give you everything, you've got to be honest. you got to be a business, just be honest. That is the idea of Nepal. You're falling before Hashem. And this really is a condition 
an a priori condition that holds back prayer if you don't have it. Because Hashem says in Mishlei, to avas Hashem, what's disgusting to Hashem, what's repulsive, what's an abomination to Hashem? Kol gvalev, anyone who's arrogant. And the Targum says, what does arrogant mean? One who's far away from Hashem. If you think you're somebody, you're far away from Hashem. And that's the exact opposite of prayer. The foundation of prayer is to cling to God. And therefore, humility is the essence of prayer. The whole, the whole thing, that you lower yourself with a true understanding that everything I need is completely dependent on Hashem. My whole existence depends on Hashem. And when I praise Hashem without any end, because I understand how small and nothing I am in course. In, in proportion to God. And that's going to be the whole shape of the prayer. And that's why the rabbis say that Nipul is one of the forms of prayer. That humility is not just a condition for prayer. It's the actual shape of prayer itself. It sets up the right feelings of request and supplication. Like the broken poor man. A guy comes to your door, his clothes are ripped, he's disheveled, he smells, and all these things. When he stands in front of a person, they don't got to look and ask and all that. They know that's the essence of what he needs is before them. And that's how you have to understand for Hashem as well. That I, Mamish, from head to toe, I got nothing. I have no Torah, I have no Yerushalayim, I have no Midos, I have no Mitzvahs. My whole life is nothing. And I'm asking for everything because I can get it from nowhere else. As it says in Tehillim, like the eyes of the servants to their master, so are my, or like the eyes of the maidservant to her mistress, so are our eyes to Hashem that you should uh, have uh, uh, grant us mercy. We just need you to keep an eye on us and take care of you. And that's the point he's making. So all the requests that David makes is through humility. And that's what it's paskins in Shulchan Aruch. Your prayer should be derech tachanunim in supplication like a, like a poor person who's knocking on the door. And this is a totally different type of prayer uh, that gets uh, answered. Okay, and therefore a guy who's arrogant and he gets before Hashem, like I'm, I'm Mr. Everything. And I'm talking to you too. So, so what do I have to have any mercy? You, you're okay without me. I have nothing to do with you. Now where this plays out practically, that's what you asked. That's going to be tomorrow, Amir Tzishim.